from the block from the block from the block Welcome back to From the Block podcast. Today joining us are the founder and co-manager of the Slovak Theatre in London, Simona and Rebecca. The theatre is a non-profit organisation that supports Slovak and Czech artists living in London. Apart from performing regularly in the UK, the theatre crew often travels around Europe and visits local communities in other countries. Simona and Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. How are you doing? Great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How should I welcome you in Slovak? How do, what, what should they say? Vitajte? Yes, exactly. Yes. That's uh, the one. Yes. There you go. I'm going to write. <laughs> <laughs> I just guessed from Polish, but Vitajte. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear more about uh, your theatre. Uh, but let's start uh, from like the beginnings of when you moved to to the UK. So who was first to move to, to London? I think it was me, Simona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Simona. So when uh, did you move here? I moved in 2014. I was 19. Uh, and I had a lot of expectations, like everyone. <laughs> They come to London from a very small country. Um, I moved to, uh, first of all, study. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did my bachelor's in music business and arts management at Middlesex University in London. And then I also mm-hmm. did master's uh, in innovation management and entrepreneurship. Wow. And uh, But my background was always in performing arts, being an actress and dancer and singer. That was my degree at high school. And since I was little, I was uh, performing. Um, yes. And then I wanted to learn more about management, about production, mm-hmm. because it's something you can't really study in uh, Slovakia. Oh, Neither right. even, like, I would say, Czech Republic, which is like the first country where Slovak students go to study right, apart right. from from the UK um, yes and then I worked a bit and now I'm studying again so that's why I'm, I'm still here studying and working I'm doing PhD in cultural policy at the University of Warwick wow. and I'm also teaching at Middlesex the exact same uh, degree which I did in, in mm-hmm. music business business and arts management so wow. it's about it's been about nine years but I lived in Prague in between a bit I was like a little bit everywhere until COVID hit and I had to do kind of decide where I want to be in a lockdown. Let's let, let's come back to your travels. But how about you, Rebecca? When did you move here? Right. So first time I came to the UK was in 2017, I mm-hmm. think. And I came here straight after um, high school because uh-huh. I wanted to desperately study at a university in the UK. And All I always right. wanted to do acting. So I went and did my degree in performing arts. It was mm-hmm. a BA degree, undergraduate uh, at the University of Winchester. All right. So that nice. Was, that was fun. That was my first introduction to the UK, but my dream was always to like move to London, to the big city, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I decided after uni to go to London and I found a flat and I started working at first. I was doing some more uh, courses on acting and Mm -hmm. like attending workshops and stuff. And then I decided I want to complete my uh, studies and I wanted to do my MA degree. Mm -hmm. But this time I wanted to try something different. So I went for a master's in graphic design. Wow. uh, Which is also at Middlesex. And it was partly thanks to Simona (laughs) because she was the one who kind of told me about 
about Middlesex. And she was like, why don't you do your master's in here? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So I applied, thanks to her. Uh, and now I'm proudly studying there and it's pretty cool. And I was also able to design our new logo thanks to this degree. So oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah, transferable for, skills, you know. <laughs> for the Slovak theatre. Yeah. Okay, let's let's definitely chat about Slovak theatre. But let me uh, first a little bit go back to that what you what you said, the traveling around the country. So what was your first impression when you moved to the UK? Is it was the country like what you expected to be? Were there any surprises? Or maybe some funny situations and misunderstandings? <laughs> Like, you know, it happens, right? There were so many. There were so many. Uh, for me, the biggest shock was when I came to the UK, I was fascinated by the fact that they had two taps for what, like <laughs> each like hot and cold water. That was so weird. Like you were either burning your hands or you were like freezing to death. So yeah. that was fun to get used to. Same, same, um, yeah. But I quite liked the fact that everyone was really polite and mm -hmm. everyone said, thank you, please, sorry. You yeah. know, it was very nice to kind of interact with people, even mm -hmm. like randomly on the street. And everyone was more like... Uh, chill, no one was too uptight. It yeah. was quite nice and everyone was approachable and everyone tried to help when I had any questions. So, yeah, that was, for me, I liked that part. Yeah, I think I agree with that. <laughs> I was in the UK when I was, I think, 14 for the first time. I lived in, with a host family, mm -hmm. like a you know, language exchange nice. course. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I realized I can't speak any English. I can just understand everything. So I have to practice more. Um, so it is all these little details, like, you know, driving on the other side, walking on the other side. Mm -hmm. But I think from the mentality, I do like that people are used to being polite, even though some other people might criticize it that it's not honest or something. But I'm like, I don't care if it is honest or not during the day. I just want people to smile at me and be nice. I don't need to know the whole story. It's much better than when... I think, which is more common, Slovakia people would just like look at you and look miserable and then the whole mood <laughs> yeah. is gone and, yeah. you know, so it is nice. Um, and I don't know, it's like, what is different? There is things that you have to get used to and then you miss from home. You start also appreciate some things about the mm -hmm. mentality, maybe even the ones which are not the, the positive ones. Uh, but what I also like is the how everything is, we were just discussing before we started the podcast, that uh, the efficiency and everything is like really organized and really, mm -hmm. really practical. And there is not like, I don't know, you agree on something and it's going to happen and not just theorizing. It's like reliable. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and reliable. And the same in education is very practical, but I would say even th things in real life are really efficient and practical. Mm -hmm. And I got so used to this, I can't even... I think live in another country anymore. <laughs> I, I think yeah, I like yeah. the fact that people are in here, they're trying to make things work. Yes, exactly. So, like it's the can-do attitude, like yeah. let's fix it, let's figure it out. In Slovakia, like a more constructive yeah, approach. In yeah. Slovakia, we're more used to kind of like, oh no, this can't be done. It's not possible. First is no, and then yeah. we, we you have to like, please, like, please yeah. can we try yeah. to find a solution? Whereas in the UK, it's like the problem-solving attitude is like yeah. everything is possible. Like it's mm -hmm. fine, we, yeah. we will deal with yeah, yeah, this, yeah. we can do it. That's, that's yeah. why I like Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's similar in Poland, actually. It's like, I, I think it's like a, you know, post-Soviet yeah, trauma. I think it comes, yeah. comes from, yeah, exactly, from the history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like being a little bit negative because there were not many things that people actually could change yeah. for many years. And like also, yeah. like, you know, it was all controlled by, you know, the state. Yeah. <laughs> so people didn't have much to say. And it was like just... 
you know they were resigned or like just accepting it yeah. because like you didn't want to hope because you were sure that you were going to be turned down eventually so you um, didn't yeah. even try and yeah. here we are allowed to try we are allowed yeah. to like make mistakes learn from them be get better you know be productive mm-hmm. that's what I, like I about think it's it. gonna probably it's gonna change that's why yeah. that's what we are kind of aiming for even with projects is that to I was also working in higher education recruitment, you know, help a lot of students to study, to leave Slovakia. But I was never saying that Mm -hmm. you should never come back and you should forget about the country. I say you should experience different culture, Mm -hmm. uh, escape the bubble Mm -hmm. so you can actually maybe even come back one day or work on projects or companies in Slovakia from abroad to help to change the attitude, help to change the opportunities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the approach for for myself and which I encourage other people. So it's not like everything is just negative and we should never come back into this yeah. country. I, I do, you know, everything around now, around like, our career now yeah. is it become about it became about Slovakia and about mm-hmm. Central East Europe and yeah, and there, there's like about. so much potential in our country. Like Slovakia yeah. has so much freaking potential. It's mm-hmm. amazing what there can be done. But you mm. just need the right people to do it. To, That's actually yeah. what I realized is that I I thought like I'm never, you know, just like good enough and then moving to different country and everyone is just better and my English is not good and nothing. And then I realized I'm actually used to on so much hard work. Yeah. And uh, so I like that I experienced both. I experienced a lot of like the education, I think, in, you know, Central Europe is more probably also coming from the communism or mm-hmm. maybe from the mentality is more like strict and more like there's more pressure and yeah. nothing is mm-hmm. never enough and you yeah. have to do like mm-hmm. 150%, yeah. Yeah. which sometimes is good because we are really used to be hardworking and like push and, and the people who are ambitious are even more ambitious yeah. and even more mm-hmm. when they come abroad. But also you do need to listen, hear something like encouraging and positive and that you are enough sometimes. So it's like yeah, there should yeah. be balance. I feel like in the UK sometimes even education, people are more soft, you know, on, on kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've always even criticized like, oh, there should be more done, but everyone would be just positive and thank you for your hard work and so on. So yeah. um, I always come, it always is a little bit more sh- shocking for me because I always feel like there could be more done, but then I'm like, yeah, no, we've done as much as we could and Mm-hmm. And we're gonna try, you know, do it better next time. But it was also good, like yeah. as it was now, not just. It's all... So it's a combination of, you know. Yeah. And it's like but... people aren't afraid to actually start things here, you know, even mm-hmm. if they're if, if they're not on the level yet mm. that they would like yeah. to be on. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. feel like it's it's great to, you know, there's this saying mm. like it's better done than perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. here they encourage that, like. Do it. It doesn't matter mm. if you don't have yeah. enough money, enough experience, whatever. You have the idea. Just do it. Just start yeah. doing it. And then it will improve mm-hmm. with time. Yeah. You know, you will get better. 100%. And in Slovakia, we're just so used to like everything has to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, don't even show exactly. it to the world. Don't really try. And yes. this discourages young people a yeah, lot, you know. Course. And it took me a long time personally as well to to like get out there and start producing work mm-hmm. and start, you know, doing my own projects. And, yeah. and, and in here, it's hugely encouraged and it's so helpful. Fantastic. Yes, that's that's yeah. really nice about it. I think that you yeah. can, because I think the feedback as well in here is taken as something positive, yeah. even mm-hmm. if it's critical, mm-hmm. uh, if it's constructive, you are like, yeah, I want to hear feedback. And yeah. even at the university, they always ask for feedback. Whereas I try to give feedback, some, you know, in Slovakia where I work with organizations there and it's always just like you are negative and they don't want to hear it and, and then they make your life in more, even more difficult. Maybe, yeah. And I'm like, but you need to hear it to improve. Yeah. Like, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how did the Slovak Theatre in London came about? 
Well, there's it's actually a long history, which all mm-hmm. goes all the way back to 2009, where I wasn't even in London yet, mm-hmm. uh, because um, I am a co-founder, I would say, but not the the, the first founder of this idea. Mm-hmm. It was my friend uh, Juliana, who was uh, living here before, and she mm-hmm. knew some of, one of my friends from my high school who was also a musician, and that's how she actually approached me to to be part of the theater. And it started as it usually is. It's very natural that it was community theater. It was amateur. Mm-hmm. It was just for people to to gather, to do things together. It was uh, the first place where about uh, like religious topics because it started at the with the community at Slovak Catholic Mission at London Bridge. Mm-hmm. So we are a religious or you know country. So, but mm-hmm. people used to come there even like to just meet other people because everyone was so nice and supportive there. Mm-hmm. So I somehow also ended up going there uh, to do the, the Catholic mission and meeting Juliana. And she was working on the first original production, which was called Migrants Rhapsody. And it was the first one, which was not the religious theme, but it was something from our lives, something from her own experience. It was about what you experience as a migrant coming mm-hmm. to a different country, especially focusing on the liquid migration, which is exactly what has been happening with European Union, that you, mm-hmm. you know, people are just like flowing around and you yeah. didn't, didn't even know who is where because you don't need visa, you don't need, yeah. you know. Yeah, pre-Brexit um, times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-Brexit times. time. It's still like that in, <laughs> in continental Europe, not in the UK anymore. Yeah. Uh, so she was reflecting on this period of time, which for was actually for Slovakia only for 2000 since 2004 we were in European Union mm-hmm. until now so it's yeah. not even that much time and that many people who were able to come here and stay here now which is also interesting we're going to focus on that in the next play mm-hmm. so I joined and I was really happy I could do a bit more acting again because I was doing more of the management but I missed that I realized it's still part of me because I was so frustrated after my high school I was like, I'm not going to be an actress I'm not going to be a singer I'm not good enough Oh, just <laughs> yeah, I might be I, mean, I think I'm better in managing projects and managing events and I want to study this but it was good that I had this feeling this frustration because I think I feel like it's I'm still better in that than in, in acting it's you're such. great and managing mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> so I I do like performing in my own shows in under my own circumstances but I don't think I'm the best like amazing actress going for casting listening to other people so I learned <laughs> it about myself too um and then but what I see because I studied arts management already I took it as my project even for my final bachelor's thesis I, I was learning about you know f- applying for grants about uh, so how to set up your mm-hmm. own company and about all of that so I started yeah, doing this impressive. for <laughs> for the theater and I was applying my knowledge to the practice in the theater and I think Julia was really happy about it because so far everyone was just like doing it more as a hobby and it's just like it wasn't their priority in their life they had different jobs and I was the first one who also studied acting and and I started mm-hmm. kind of changing that and I created the website and I was like we should have a logo and all of that mm-hmm. and since we started doing that more young also like younger generation but people who actually studied either in Slovakia and came here to pursue a creative mm-hmm. career or studied in the UK, studied acting or music or something with theater, started approaching us and emailing us. And so we became focused more on working with these people because you, we realized you can't really combine like complete uh, amateurs, it sounded, but you know, like people mm-hmm. who just, yes. they're really just acting for fun and people who want to, who studied it and want to do it for a living. Yeah. Uh, it becomes really complicated. So we refocus on that. And since like 
2016-17, we've been more semi-professional, I would say. And then mm-hmm. I also uh, registered that as an official company and Amazing. all of this started. So I would still say I'm the co-founder because I, I took yeah. took the original project and, and helped to change into something mm-hmm. probably long term and bigger outside mm-hmm. of the just the Slovak Czechoslovak Slovak community. I'm still working on that now. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of disencouraged to, to do it. When, you know, I just I stopped and I moved and I was pandemic and then I always returned to it so mm-hmm. now I feel like it's just meant to be and I have to continue to make it. Oh, big time. <laughs> it, is, it is meant to be yeah. Rebecca, part of I have to say now. Rebecca came to the she can maybe say it now she came to uh, the theater uh, last, last year, year. And, mm. and become like I'm the co-manager and started helping with the production which oh, is fantastic. something a lot of creative people don't want to do you know a lot of people want to be acting and performing yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's this if you want to have your own project or even manage yourself you need to have all these other skills mm-hmm. and you have to yeah. even if you don't want to you have to learn, learn. them and like yeah, do it you know managing finances account I hate it but I there's no one else who will do it. So I have to do it if I want to have my own company or project. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So since 2000, I would say 21 or like just after pandemic, I started gathering people and preparing new project. And, and it's been almost like a year and a half and we're still performing the same show because it takes time to prepare the show, produce it and then bring it on tour yeah. find me enough money yeah. and then the marketing part as well the yes. whole yeah. like one uh, they say like you know uh, in film that like half of the time actors make it a movie the other half they promote it exactly. uh, so, it's a job yeah. on its own yeah. yeah so from the from the initial idea to putting people together to actually having the show ready but then also start performing it more or doing yeah. the tour it's a process it's yeah. like six months to 12 months process especially if you want to do it good and if you are like a small team and you do all of this like you are creating it but then also doing the production and marketing and uh, fundraising and all of that you have to I realize you have you can't push it you have to divide it into different time frames Mm -hmm. and just let it like flow and be patient and you know, so and now I don't even try to produce new play. That's what at the moment, yeah. Every year, that's what we try to do before. But now I'm more about have, like trying to do as much as possible with what we have now with the yeah. show. And but I already have ideas for the new one, and I think it's gonna be possible maybe next year. You know, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's happen with this with this kind of project. You have to be very consistent. And be always visible to the yeah. audiences mm-hmm. and make mm-hmm. sure that people see you and know about you. Because yeah. we could be creating as many shows as we want. If no one knows about us, course, then yeah. it's not going to have any effect. 100%. So. Yes, yeah. And so what is the uh, perception of the uh, theater, like what the, the feedback that you receive from the audience? Who Who is your audience usually? Is it like Slovak and Czech people? Or do you also um, start reaching out to British audience? Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, right. So obviously, because we're a Slovak theater. Uh, mm-hmm. We also have some Czech members as well. Um, mm-hmm. We encourage that. Uh, but uh, we were mostly focused on audiences who are maybe bilingual, so they can speak mm-hmm. both Slovak and English. Mm-hmm. It's usually like people from Slovakia who either moved here or they don't even have to move abroad. They just kind of want to have this kind of Western culture in mm-hmm. their life. Because yeah. in Slovakia, I feel like in culture, we're mostly focused on the Eastern type of, you know, like the Slavic... Heritage, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all, which is cool, which is mm-hmm. amazing. But also, why couldn't we create something that could be bilingual? That could be, sure, yeah. you know, we could promote the, the Slovak or Slavic values and and our culture in different languages as well, 100%. Um, and make it more, you know, 
worldly or how would I put it like contemporary contemporary the world so so the audience is we encourage anyone who wants to learn about Slovak Mm -hmm. culture Slovak heritage Mm -hmm. our mentality Mm -hmm. we always have uh, two versions we have like the Slovak and Czech language version Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have English version Mm -hmm. like Uh, fully the the whole show is just in one or is it a mixture uh, we kind of mix a little bit but some of them have subtitles we like for example we have video content in the show which has subtitles if it's yeah, spoken if in, Slovak, in Slovak right? yeah. but then we have a fully English show and fully Slovak yeah, we have show. the version or we yeah. do also Slovak show like the opening night was uh, for, for mixed audience from mm-hmm. the community but also outside and we had a lot of international people and we used subtitles so people actually could listen to Slovak yeah, and check and, and read subtitles which is technically challenging but it works and some people even like that that they can experience different language it's not yeah. just for opera you know it's typical in opera it's normal a theater festival so I'm like why not to do this actually yeah. so so no I just want to say this because this is important how are you going to spread the culture of your own country and of your own heritage mm-hmm. if it's only going to be in your national language very good point no one yeah. else Else is gonna know. No one yeah. else is gonna understand. Why not use the English language? If, if the whole world speaks it, let's just speak it as well. Let's like promote it abroad. How are you gonna 100%. promote your own own country abroad if no one can understand 100%. what you're saying? This yeah. summarizes literally yeah. like from the block the whole yeah. idea of putting spotlight. Yeah. We are we are speaking obviously in English, but yeah. um, it's you a know. combination. So yeah. I also so in my whole research is focused on cultural diplomacy, mm-hmm. and I came to it. I, I will say a little bit here because it, it uh, it's connected a lot in, in even in the what we I want to do in the future with the theater. I came to this topic as some like as a frustrated artist studying you know arts management and studying mm-hmm. business to learn about how to have my own company. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing like a business plan for Slovak Culture Center in London because we realized we don't have one. And I just mm-hmm. discovered this whole area of cultural diplomacy and national cultural institutes that are established usually by you know ministries of foreign affairs in different cultures. It's like embassies yeah. but only focus on the culture and art mm-hmm. we still don't have a branch from like the Slovak Institute in London mm-hmm. hopefully we will but what I also uh, then realized is that they kind of promote the culture or the artists we have uh, bringing them from Slovakia not it's it, now it's changing like I talk to these directors a lot they try to do both and things differently but I encourage work with the ones who already also live abroad and all, not only we do establish one like a famous opera singer mm-hmm. or, or conductor but also the young ones and emerging ones who have a lot of ideas and they want to do things and create and I think there should be collaboration between these institutes and between the mm-hmm. countries mm-hmm. and those Slovaks living abroad and this is happening very little bit not everyone does it not everyone understands mm-hmm. it so what I see a lot is that and that's also so cultural diplomacy is promoting your culture to the audience like British audience yes. or depends where you are yeah. it's not sticking and then, and then you have like in your the community, community work yeah. and but it's also being really like just putting it's just this or the other one like it's yeah. the community or the, like the cultural the, the diplomacy other, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like but there is a lot of connections like if there is like my friend from Turkey coming to my show it's because she knows me and, I, and she knows Slovakia because she's my friend and that's mm-hmm. that's the most likely o- a version how like people from t- person from Turkey is going to discover Slovak theater in London so it's connected you should combine both of these things you should work mm-hmm. with these people abroad and this is a whole 
a thing I'm trying to like kind of strategize and structure in my research like this. Yeah, amazing. I also feel like this reminds me what you're saying that in Slovakia we were always taught to like pick one profession, you know, like since child you're told like you want to be an actor or you want to be a singer or you want to be a producer. You can't be all of it. Yeah. And that's... Nonsense, no, there are transferable like, skills. Exactly. Another thing, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, everything is connected. Even your skills and your hobbies and your your passions are so mm-hmm. like people are so colorful. You know, yeah. like yes. in, a, in a good sense. That why would you push them to just to choose one thing or do one thing? I'm all of these things. I'm a researcher, producer, and actress. Occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. I I want to do. I'm interested in a lot of different things, and I inc- I call it you know hashtag multi multitasking, multi-talent, mm-hmm. we should promote it. There's like a movement on LinkedIn. I follow some people who encourage this, not my idea. So, uh, but I, I'm always like, it's hashtag yeah. multi. Oh, it's yeah. not for everyone, but there's a lot of people I know. And they feel the, like this. Yeah. All the students yeah. I talk to. Oh my to, gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I helped over 300 students. All of them were like, I cannot decide and I don't know. And I'm like, oh, of course you don't know, you're 17. Yeah, of course. I still yeah. sometimes feel like there's so many different pathways my life mm-hmm. will take on in the future. And I'm, you know older than 17 now and I still I'm still young though and I'm open to it to learn to get new skills to do yeah, it very good and approach. this should be the same in like promoting and you know and that's another I just come back to it a little bit but it's like the community or or cultural diplomacy like mm-hmm. it's completely separated they try to do it that way and the, and the community things are always about Slovak heritage and folklore oh, and folk, gosh, yes. which is amazing it's part of our heritage but it's not even reflecting the whole uh, history of our nation yeah. and culture yeah. it's just One certain part. period of time so, yeah. we just we just didn't know what to pick as I think for like our identity so we decided mm-hmm. for this and it's typical for so many Slavic cultures a folklore, but it's yeah. not mm-hmm. who we are today it's not just that but it's, it's like, like the 19th century idea <laughs> of what folklore is yeah, or probably. Like, Rebecca yeah. is an expert on also on the all the on different history, uh, history yeah. costumes and also what we, we just, like, wear. Confine ourselves into thinking that this one specific period of time is our all like cultural yeah, that's yes. what constitutes and us as now our yes. identity. Because yeah. we feel like what is contemporary is just so similar to everyone else that we can't make it our own. And I don't agree with that. I think, and, mm-hmm. and exactly like our combination of coming, to reflecting our, our mentality and current events in Slovakia, combining that with what we experience abroad, if we are creating our own unique new identity, which mm-hmm. we're reflecting in the place, uh, in our theater place. So this is what is contemporary culture and art for me, and it's contemporary identity. It's embracing where you come from, mm-hmm. but also understanding who you are with this new identity you're creating when you're becoming, or at least becoming more global. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the cultures will disappear. Of I think course, yeah, yeah. We should combine things. That, yeah. That, that's my, yeah. I, I just started being more too passionate about it right now, but that's like really, oh, that's this, this, is my, this is my passion. This is what I'm doing in all my work oh that's that's fantastic and like literally i can't mm. agree with you more because like i personally like this is what brought me to come up with the idea of the podcast because i was looking for presentations of us eastern europeans in like broad broadly speaking uh people from the blog and um and yeah and i and i couldn't find anything like occasionally you have some kind of exhibition but it will be focused on history on folklore and i said like well but where is my community contemporary culture culture something that relates to me like did we stop like 200 mm-hmm. years ago or what mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> uh, and equally uh, th- that 
probably also reinforces um, a perception of Eastern Europe amongst the Western audiences mm-hmm. of us being very backwards. We are not. All the promotional <laughs> materials, like, like most yeah. of them until really recently, they, they started changing it, but we're like the mountains, sheep, sheep and uh, we, yeah. we in the folk uh, like uh, clothes. And if someone, someone never heard of Slovakia and you show them this, this is like, they think like we... Dress up like, mm-hmm. this, like we live in the 19th century, but we don't. Basically. And if, yes. if you do this, but it's different. For example, if you do this with with India, for example, if you go to India, but people do they do wear you know, traditional and traditional yeah. clothes, but we don't. So we are definitely more more kind of Western. westernized. Mm-hmm. Or um, so you have to try to understand what is the and I don't think we identify this and we I don't know maybe in the future yeah. coming future we will like who who are we what is our identity today and the identity we want to promote to the world yeah. and the I, culture we want to promote I, th- I think I, I do have hope just because um, you know especially like um, uh, you know the, uh, the migration in Europe right it's um, the, the the biggest like uh, flux of people happen obviously uh, when the EU opened the borders mm-hmm. uh, and now we are coming up to like this generation, right? Uh, I, I often uh, talk about it to, like with my like Eastern European peers uh, and ask for opinion as well on that, uh, because um, you know once once you like reach approximately twenty years, mm-hmm. and we are what twenty twenty three. So, yeah, we are looking at about 20 years. So we are having the first generation born here. They are also Gen Z. Uh, they are growing up on social media. Uh, they think differently, uh, thankfully. And, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, they, the, one of the things that characterizes this new generation is that they are looking for communities. Like, uh, I'm a millennial, so my aspiration was always to look like everybody. Uh, like, what, whatever I saw in American movies, this yeah. is what I wanted I'm to just, consume eat and be uh, but younger generation are like mm, I'm actually I want to be cool and different uh, so where is my community and they create those you know communities of uh, uh, you know they have common interests or similar heritage uh, so yeah I see hope for uh, Eastern European uh, minority to start creating this fresh outlook on us uh, presented in a way contemporary way that is basically appealing to younger audiences mm-hmm. and not even younger just contemporary audiences uh, and and will also help us probably to understand better who we are Uh, in, in this contemporary I world. was always proud of my heritage and I found that when I came here a lot of people weren't yeah. and a lot of Slovak people I met didn't even like want me to know they were Slovak yeah you know like like it's, if we it's, were it's ashamed the same with like as we promote this the community or like not community mm-hmm. and also is the same is the same with with people who I think move abroad from Slovakia may be similar for other nationalities, but I feel like for Slovaks, even more than for Czechs, we are not proud. So Mm -hmm. it's either I feel like the older generation would be sticking with the community. They wouldn't Mm -hmm. even learn English properly. Mm -hmm. And then the other ones would just like don't even acknowledge where they're from because they feel like it's holding them back to be Mm -hmm. successful. So we are also the the nation which we're going to explore in the next play again Mm -hmm. uh, of of people like changing names, you know, moving Mm -hmm. to U.S., 
and then migrating somewhere, change the name so it also sounds more like uh, English or Western or, or yeah. wherever you go. We used to do this even, and it was like for obvious reason when we were part of, you know, Austria-Hungary, we would change our names to somewhere Hungarian because mm-hmm. you were kind of like if you were Slovak, you're less, mm-hmm. uh, you had less chances to be to be successful. But it's mm-hmm. sad that we kind of still keep this going on, and instead of like as I said, embracing it and combining the two. Mm-hmm. So what is coming next? <laughs> Ah, she's already started to talk about yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yes, there were some so, hints. And what is next? So currently we still have our show called Extreme, The New Norm. Mm-hmm. That's how we felt. But also with the opinions, because we felt like, especially during pandemic, it became more obvious that when it comes to also different topics in society, it's like from one extreme to another, like mm-hmm. the balance or in between is lost. Um, so we call this this the name for the play. It's about pandemic. It's it's satiric actually. It's people usually don't want to come because they don't want to be like uh, depressed. Remember <laughs> pandemic, but we we realized it's actually very funny play. It was it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing to like have the feedback from the audience. They were mm-hmm. like laughing, clapping. Amazing. You know, it was it was so nice to see how the now with. Uh, taking a step backward from the whole pandemic situation people are finding funny situations in it as well mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it's less like it was less of a frustration for everyone and it was like a mm-hmm. nice retrospective on all of the events to look back at it and laugh at mm-hmm. like the toilet paper crisis or oh, yes. you know to remember some things that happened and they were emotional and people think about it and and it gives them like the whole overview of yeah. the situation we like i like satire because it's like the intelligent kind of humor yeah. which yeah. doesn't it's like funny but it doesn't offend I think and you yeah. still kind of keep that needed respect towards the uh, sensitive topics in there so that's our show uh, mm-hmm. it's all again reflecting our own experiences from pandemic mm-hmm. and then we are and we had we were first performing for like you know Slovak Czech community firstly and then we had the English version and we tried to reach to international audience and we had amazing feedback in March mm-hmm. great we had, we had feedback. such a great feedback that I was yeah. so over motivated and like the next day I was signing <laughs> up as for all the festivals so we are going to Edinburgh Fringe. and this is funny because this, this is the whole thing like once you start promoting your culture to like m- multicultural audiences mm-hmm. from around the world you will realize that people actually like your stuff like yeah. your content maybe even more that your own people do you know what i mean yeah. and this is why we should promote with like yeah. other oh, audiences amazing. not yeah. just stick to the community yeah. like let the world know about slovak people so, how brilliant and talented and cool we are because we are and yeah. ambitious as well like, love, yeah. love that love that yeah. we, are, we are equally talented <laughs> <laughs> and an opportunity to be successful. Yeah. So yeah, that's August from 14 to, to summarize it, from 4th to 19th, we have 15 shows uh, during Edinburgh Fringe. Mm-hmm. And then 22nd, 23rd and 27th, so there's three shows, at the end of August, uh, Camden Fringe Festival that's going to be wow. in London. So we're uh, currently trying to just make it happen, fundraising <laughs> money, uh, you yeah. know. Amazing. Um, working on that. And then from like autumn to towards next year I would like to first I need to write grant applications you know and be looking for money but I want to do the show which is going to be coming back to the migration and mm-hmm. ident- discovering the identity over different generations of migrants oh, primarily from like the last century until now because mm-hmm. there's still I, I just became friends with this generation of 1968 Prague Spring students who came here there was like mm-hmm. you know uh, drink yeah. uh, one of the other uh, prime ministers, Dubček, he was there for a really short time because he mm-hmm. allowed people to travel mm-hmm. over one summer mm-hmm. uh, to go abroad. Uh, so so many of students left for like two months, but then 
Soviet didn't like it. They came, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with more tanks, closed the borders. So all of mostly students, they would never return. They thought they were wow. coming for two months. They would never return. And back home, their parents, they had to uh, consequences. suffer the consequences. They would mm-hmm. lose jobs. Maybe they would be wow. even arrested because they let their kids to stay abroad or their family. Oh, wow. But they were like, don't come back, you know, stay stay there. So they're here over like 50 years now. They're still here. Uh, I just discovered this older generation community and oh, I became so more friends with them. Living legends, basically. Yes. So the whole place is going to be like based on the true stories of the yes. Slovak and Czech people. It's like short stories which are kind of made up and it's like the both like the positive and negative and different different stories based on how people actually approach situations and where they where it led them in their mm-hmm. life and success but also there are some personalities who I don't think people also in Slovakia or Czech Republic know about them at all mm-hmm. and they are extremely successful in here they've mm-hmm. been here for years and I just wanted to play about it. I meet them and it's based on the book that, that one of these uh Authors wrote Susanna Slobodova. She's like about 75 years old, been here for mm-hmm. 50 years. She gathered all these stories and wrote a book, which is called The Streets of London Are Paved in Gold, which oh, is like the question amazing. she keeps asking because it's like, it, she feels like, and this is interesting, like nothing changed from this perspective from her generation to ours. It's like people coming, especially to London, feeling like, See, it seems like there's gold on the streets, so you can just take it <laughs> and you come and you realize, yeah. well, it's not so easy. So she, Fantastic, fantastic. And um, yeah, now where people can find you to follow all the new uh, upcoming projects and, um, you know, where, where are you on Instagram or, we or your website? We are definitely everywhere on Instagram, on social media, on Facebook. You can find us uh, as Slovak Theatre London um, for the Slovak people, Slovenske divadlo v Londine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, Facebook, mostly Facebook and Instagram. That's where we are most active. But we also have a website, uh, Slovak Theatre London. In London.com. Uh, yeah, Slovak Theatre in London.com. Yeah, we started uh, being on uh, TikTok as Slovak Theatre LND. Yeah, because oh, you have to be on TikTok. Short, uh, you yeah. also, <laughs> we're also on Twitter, Slovak Theatre UK. So different hashtags, we can, you know, maybe you can share it later. But if you search for Slovak Theatre London in Google, we are the first to come up because yeah. there's no other there's no theater in the whole UK, which, which is why I always, I kept, I keep the name. I don't, don't you know, change it, change it because yeah. I had these people make it more, you know, like international, come up with a name. I'm like, there's so many devised counter-theaters with different names. There's only one Slovak Theatre. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so, yeah. Slovak Theatre in London on uh, Instagram, internet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I already follow you, but I'm sure a lot of <laughs> listeners will follow you after this podcast. So. And <laughs> congratulations, first of all, on the idea of the, of the uh, theatre, but also, you know, all the uh, amazing things that you do for the community and for promoting Slovak culture so well done and I keep my fingers crossed for all your future projects and uh, yeah thank you so much for coming and joining the podcast and uh, best of luck thank, thank you. you so much for having us thank, thank you, you. Woo. <laughs>